Here's what's coming up on this week's show. These are folks who have raised their hand to get information from you. You know, the likelihood of them engaging with you is much, much higher than if you were to you know, put an ad out on Facebook. The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. And before we go any further, if you haven't heard this show before, or maybe if you have, don't forget to click on follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now. Helps to pick us up in podcast land. And also, don't forget to leave us a review too. Let us know what you think about the podcast, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of, as long as it's not me or Claire, of course, can't do that. Then you can let us know and we'll give you all the social links so you can get in touch with us at the end of the show. So I had a phone call. What, people actually phone you up? Does that still happen? A phone call, I know. Do you know, I'm always really surprised when my phone rings. It's actually a phone call because we use it for everything else but. But um, I had a phone call uh, earlier today and we were talking about emails and email marketing and how the business world has changed dramatically over the past 12 to 18 months with more and more people looking at how they can communicate effectively with their clients. Um, And email marketing came up and it's a massive, massive topic. There's lots of people who think that email marketing is dead and it doesn't apply anymore, especially in the world where we've got so many social media connections and ways that we can connect with audiences and potential audiences. But I so think there's still value in doing email marketing as long as it's done the right way. But that's the same as with everything else. If you don't do it right, then it's not going to work for you. But if you do it properly, uh, you can, it can really work for you. Yes, I think because it is such a big topic, it can be easily overwhelming. Um, I know I felt like this a couple of years ago. Um, and I still need to be you know, looking at what I actually do for my own business. But it's a really important tool. Um, and it speaks volumes when you ask people what's their preferred method of communication and they say email. So, you know, let's get it right. Yeah, there are so many questions. And for people who've never done email marketing before or don't find it works for them, I think there's a lot of things that need to be learned here to be able to get the most out of this like any other platform. So let's find out by talking to Brandon Olson, who's part of Aweber. They're the oldest email marketing company company in the world they were the first on the block to start doing this and they're still really innovative and trying new things even now so let's find out what does email marketing actually mean what could it look like for us and our businesses how does it work and most importantly how can we make it work for us this is the big little business show aweber have been around for 20 years so what did email marketing look like 20 years ago Oh, uh, that's a good question. So email has been around a long, long time, uh, longer than 20 years. Uh, But when AWeber started about 21 years ago in 1998, um, they were the first email autoresponder to enter the market. And uh, since then, obviously, email automation and email marketing has grown and become a lot more sophisticated and advanced, uh, a lot more intelligent. And we've done the same thing. We've, We've continued to innovate over the years. Um, and really taken email autoresponders and, and made them a lot more advanced, a lot more intelligent, and, uh, and really allowed people to um, you know, customize and personalize the experience that their subscribers have uh, in an automated way, which is really, really neat. So for anyone who's listening who has absolutely no idea what you're talking about, let's delve into that a little bit. So tell me about email marketing and and then and the nuts and bolts of it, you know, like an idiot's guide to email marketing. How does it work? So email marketing is uh, essentially the practice of um, sending a mass email to uh, a list of subscribers. So 
if you collect subscribers' email addresses, um, then you send them out an email. It's not you know putting them into a BCC line of a, of a Gmail message, uh, but instead you're using an email service, service provider like AWeber. Uh, there's many others out there. And you will have this list of subscribers that you send a single email to, and it just basically mass sends it out to all of them. But the really neat thing about it is that you can make those emails feel personal. Um, you can make it as, as if it were being sent to one person at a time. And that's one of the things we really try and teach um, businesses and entrepreneurs is that when you are writing your emails and, and doing email marketing is to treat it as if you're writing to a single person um, because you really are. I mean, from the subscriber's point of view, they're the only one getting that email. And so you do want to write it and, and uh, approach your email marketing as if you're writing to a single person. Uh, and if you do it that way, you're going to feel your messages are going to feel a lot more personal, a lot more, um, a lot more relevant to your subscribers. My other business is in video marketing. So I teach people how to present on camera and how to make their own videos. And I try and get across exactly the same point that when you're watching a video, there's only one person watching at one time on the other end. So you're talking to one person and email is exactly the same. It doesn't matter whether you're sending out one email or 10,000. There's only one person at the other end that's going to be reading it. Yeah, exactly. And so oftentimes you may think, oh, I'm writing to thousands of people here. So I, I'm going to write as if I'm talking to a large audience. Uh, but when you think about it, just like you said, there's one person reading that email, not, you know, thousands of people at the same time. So right as if you're talking to that one person and it's going to, it's going to, you're going to see your email marketing be a lot more successful. So with email marketing, you need a way to collect your email addresses uh, of your subscribers. So often this is done in the form of a signup form that you would put on your website or a landing page that has a form on it. Um, and then you can also integrate, um, you know, all the different tools that you use in your business. So you might use a, a payment processing platform, you know, to accept payments for the products or services that you do. And so you can connect that with your email service provider, like AWeber, and bring those addresses and those customers into your email list so that you continue to send messages to them. Then you need an actual email to, to send out to them. Um, and that's what, of email service provider would do for you. They'd provide you with the ability to create a message. Um, and, and all the providers have different ways of doing that. Some have, you know, really easy to use platforms like us where you just drag and drop your, your content into it and, and customize it how you want. Uh, and then finally, what an email service provider allows you to do is it allows you to see all the metrics behind your email. So who's opening your messages, who's clicking the links in your messages, uh, how many are of those are unsubscribing from your email list and so on and so forth. And, and that's an, another important thing to think about or remember with email marketing is that it is a permission based marketing. So someone has to opt in to receive your messages. And that's really important because you do not want to be sending messages to people who do, who have not requested that information. That's, that's what's called spam. And that's, what's going to get you into trouble as a business owner. Um, and that's one of the really cool things too about email marketing is that because it's permission based, these are folks who have actually raised their hand to get information from you. You know, the likelihood of them engaging with you is much, much higher than if you were to, you know, put an ad out on Facebook, for example, you might get some people uh, coming in that are interested in that. But with email, people opt in, people say, Hey, I do want to receive your messages and I'm interested in what you have to say. And so you're going to see a lot more of those individuals engaging with you and, and responding to the messages that you're sending them. So you mentioned a little bit about 
um, how it's permission based and yeah, that gives it a little bit of value perhaps over maybe a social media post or something. But what about other ways that email marketing is a little bit more powerful than perhaps another way of getting a, me- a message across to someone? Is it because you're actually delivering something directly to them that it makes it feel a little bit personal, do you think? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, when you see a message on, on social media, um, it doesn't feel very personal because it's kind of getting posted out there to, for everyone to see. Uh, and so email does have that ability to feel a lot more personal. Email gives you full control and you're not um, at the mercy of, of social media platforms algorithm um, to decide whether to show your message or your post to, to your audience of followers. You may get uh, two to 3% of your, of your Facebook audience, for example, when you post something on Facebook. Whereas with email, you've got full control. You're not being filtered uh, by an algorithm, um, but you really have control over, over when you communicate, how you communicate, and what you're communicating to your audience. You're still competing against other traffic on their inbox, aren't you? So you still need to think about how you title your video and, sorry, you t- you title your uh, email and what you put in that email. So not only does it get open, that it actually gets read too, because you've, you've still got other traffic to fight against. 100%, 100%. And, um, you know, the, the one difference there is that at least you're getting a chance, right? Yeah. When you get into the inbox, you know, at least your messages is there. It's not being filtered by Gmail, for example. Whereas with Facebook, number one, you've got to get over the hurdle of the algorithm to actually get into the feed. And then number two, you've got to have a, a really compelling, you know, headline and, and image and stuff to get people to actually, you know, engage with that. So Yeah, true. People might not see it at all in the first place, but even if it's even if it's in your inbox and it gets noticed, then uh, I guess that then that's your you're almost like poking someone in the arm and saying, Look, yeah, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. And what you said there's absolutely hundred percent important too. You want to make sure that your your subject line is is really engaging that's going to catch their attention and get them uh, motivate them to open that email. But because you, you're right, you are competing with, you know, dozens, maybe, you know, you know, several dozens of, of, uh, of other emails that are in the inbox. This is something that I've always been a little curious about. And I've always experimented with the titles that I use because in one of my in one of my businesses, I send out a newsletter every uh, Friday. And I always think about the title really carefully and think about how I can use that title so it grabs people's attention, but at the same time, doesn't flag up in people's minds that, hey, you're getting a marketing email rather than you're getting uh, an email from Paul. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sort of trains of thought here, um, approaches to this, but, um, and I've shared some tips in the past in, in, other, um, in other places, but one of the things that, uh, I'll, I'll share with you seven tips here since I've oh, kind cool. of had wow, these that's, ready that's at, at, the, at the go. <laughs> so um, one way that I've really seen effective in, in getting people to, um, you know, catch people's attention and get them to open your email is to challenge a common, a common belief that, that people have. Uh, and, and, and present to them an, an alternative. We sent an email a while back that says, you know, you don't need a huge email list. Here's why that coming from an email service provider is kind of, uh, you don't expect. And mm. so, um, you know, people believe you need a huge email list in order to be effective when it comes to email marketing. If you can think about your audience and some of their commonly held beliefs and try and challenge that and give them a, a sort of the, 
the opposite of that and, uh, and challenge what that belief is, that will get them to stop in their tracks and think about it and, um, you know, have, a, have an interest in learning what you, what you mean by that. So why don't you need a big email list? <laughs> <laughs> well, your audience of subscribers are people who want to get your emails. And so if you have a, uh, a list of 100 people who are highly engaged with you versus, you know, tens of thousands of people who are, uh, who are kind of lukewarm, you're going to get a whole lot more out of that smaller list of subscribers yeah. than you would of that, that a larger list. Having valuable subscribers rather than lots of subscribers. So it's back down to the whole uh, basic marketing tool of understanding your audience, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, tip number two. Yeah, tip number two is, is to ask a question that your audience is already ask, asking you. So if you think about your audience and they, and they have common questions that, they're, that, they, that they ask you, go ahead and put that question into the subject line because they're already thinking of that question. And when they see it in their, in their, uh, in their inbox, that that's the, that's the answer they're looking for. And so ask a question, put that in the subject line. Uh, the third tip is to leverage herd mentality. Um, so social, this is also called social proof. So, you know, people like to go with the crowd and, and do what other people are doing or, or consume what other people are consuming. So use that to your advantage. Um, and, you know, an example of that would be something like, you know, you know, check out the most downloaded episode of all time on my podcast, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, people want to know that because, oh, other people are, you know, it's the most downloaded one, so it must be good. The fourth tip is to make your subscribers curious about the content that's inside your email. You know, people love a good cliffhanger, for example, the suspense of not knowing what, what, what's inside that email. Um, and so use that to the advantage of, the, of, uh, of piquing their curiosity, for example. Um, so for example, we, we wrote a subject line a while back. This is how many emails should you send? There's the question. The answer is inside. So it kind of piques their interest. Uh, that's a question I've often had. So I'm going to check out what's inside this email. Oh, that's a really powerful one. I mean, I guess it, the, the, the idea that popped into my head when you were talking about that, I don't know how it works on US telly, but I'm assuming it's pretty much the same. So when the credits roll on the end of one show, before you get the, the ad break, uh, you might get a little pop-up in the corner with a preview of what's coming next. So I guess it's a similar kind of thing to that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Number, number five is to create urgency. So um, you know, people... Uh, don't want to miss out on things. So use that fear of missing out as a, as a motivator. So, you know, this is especially important when you're doing, um, when you're running sales or you're doing some sort of event registration. So don't miss out last chance end soon, limited time, that kind of thing. Um, the seventh one is to be, or sorry, the sixth one is to be exclusive. So people like to be, you know, feel important and feel like they're part of this VIP group. So Use that exclusivity uh, in your subject line to, uh, to really spur engagement. So exclusively for you or customers only, for example. And then the seventh tip that I'll give is, to, is, is really just to be very direct about and, and say exactly what's in your email. So for example, if someone signs up um, for your email list and you promise to send them something, you know, that subject line could be very simply, here's, here's your free webinar recording or here's your bonus resources. They're expecting it, and so you know, telling them exactly what is in the email uh, is often a really good tactic to get them to open the email. That's a good one. Yeah, one I've always found, or I've sometimes found works for me, um, is to have a little personality in the title. Uh, yeah, it's something that maybe sounds a little bit quirky or sounds like something that I might say out loud. Uh, that seems to have worked for me in the past. Is that one you've come across? Yeah, I think that's great. And as long as it... Uh, 
it aligns with kind of what your brand is as a, as a company or as a, as a sure. person. Um, and it's not sort of uh, very strange or doesn't feel like you. I think that will work really, really well. I yeah. mean, obviously, you, you know, that works really well for you and your brand because that's who you are and, yeah. and people know you to be that way too. So it's, uh, you know, that's what they've come to expect from you. Is there a wrong way to do it? Because I know we mentioned spam earlier on and uh, I guess, am I right in thinking that if you title an email in a certain way, it's more likely to hit someone's spam box? What it really comes down to is the relationship you have with your subscribers. If you're providing them with valuable content and they're engaging with that content, that's much more influential when it comes to looking at like the Gmails and the Yahoos and the Hotmails out there. Uh, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for um, how well engaged your subscribers are. What I see sometimes people do is they put like the RE and the FW at the beginning of their subject line uh, to make it look yeah. as though it's a response or that they're forwarding something. I mean, I get a hell of a lot of spam, but I certainly get a lot of spam that looks like that. Uh, and, and if I look at it and think, well, they're not replying to something that I sent them straight into the spam box. Right, exactly. And that's, you, you should avoid that because ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to trick your subscribers into opening your messages. And that just, that doesn't do any doesn't that doesn't win you any points when it comes to building trust and yeah. and, and loyalty with just with your it's wrong so, brandon just come out and say it. it's wrong it is absolutely wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah avoid that at all at all costs so a lot of people might think and i've had this conversation with people before when i've um bigged up email marketing and said how good it is and how useful it is a lot of people say oh that's a bit old hat but yeah i mean it really isn't old hat is it because it's it's evolving all the time and there are so many more things you can do in an email now that you couldn't do maybe even just 10 years ago, let alone 21. You know, we do have to keep, keep up with all the different, you know, email providers that are out there, the, the, the inbox providers to make sure that we're on the back end, making sure that your emails are getting into the inbox. But you know, when it comes to email evolving, there's a lot of really exciting things happening in the email space right now. You read my mind there. That was going to be my next question about you know, what do you think is coming next? I guess I guess video is one of those things, right? Well, video is uh, an interesting one. Um, you know, video has never really been a, uh, a good medium for. Uh, sorry, email has never really been a good medium for delivering video in an email. Um, most, if not all, um, I wouldn't say all but the majority of, of inbox clients like Gmail and so on, they don't actually support video playing in an email. Um, so you know, whether you wanted to or not, it, it probably wouldn't work out very well. Um, but we'll see where it goes. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll start to support that. And, and if they do, then, then we'll be right there, you know, making sure that we're um, at the cutting edge there. One that's already here is um, a technology called AMP for email. And it started with websites where, you know, when you opened a, an AMP, an, an AMP-enabled an um, website, it would open up a lot faster on your mobile devices. Well, with AMP for email, what it's allowing you to do is it allows you to basically turn your email into a essentially sort of a website where no one has to really leave your email in order to do things. So you can make a purchase right within the email. Um, you can have content that's, you know, updating real time. So you can view a message now and then, you know, the next day you come back and it says something different or, or it's been Wow, updated. that's really um, clever. Yeah, so it's a really cool technology that not a lot of email service providers support right now. We're one of the few that support it. Um, 
and it allows you to do a whole lot more. And it is a bit more complex. You know, you do have to know some coding and, and things like that to, in order to, to use it. But um, we, we were actually, AWeber is the first email service provider to actually put an easy to use drag, uh, drag and drop um, AMP element into our message at our email builder. Before we wrap up with a few questions, Brandon, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of information we've covered there, a lot of really useful information. I guess there's some pages you can, you can share uh, with me from your site that I can link because we have a, a blog page on our website which covers each episode. It'd be good to sort of send people to some uh, links so they can get some more information on some of this stuff because we're obviously only touching the surface here. Yeah, yeah, we've got plenty of uh, blog posts that talk about all the different topics we've discussed today. That's brilliant. I know you, I know you have lots of resources on your uh, website and on, uh, on your stuff, so that's really good. Okay, so here's where we finish off, uh, Brandon. Every week we finish the podcast and finish the interview with a set of questions inspired by uh, a show, a US show actually called Inside the Actors Studio, which I'm surprised you haven't heard of, Brandon, but you certainly need to go check it out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was filmed in a lecture theatre in front of acting students and every week, James Lipton, the host, would interview a famous Hollywood star or an actor or a director or someone within the uh, the, yeah, the movie realm. But he always finished each interview with a set of 10 questions. And we've taken our inspiration uh, from that uh, with a set of our own questions along a similar theme. So, Brandon, are you ready? I'm ready. Fire away. What, what's your favorite smell? Well, having been a a surfer in my in my younger days, my favorite smell is a surf wax brand called Sticky Bumps. So Sticky Bumps Surf Wax. And what does it smell like? You've got to describe it now for those who don't know. Kind of unique. I mean, it has kind of a flowery smell, but it's pretty unique. And I suggest you buy yourself a stick of surf wax. Well, just so we can smell it occasionally. Is that what you're after? Yes, (laughs) exactly. They actually do sell it in candles now, which, which is awesome. Oh, okay. So you can get one of those off in your living room and then you, you suddenly you're on the beach somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite movie then, Brandon? I don't have a favorite, so I, I have a few favorites that, that I've got. So I love the movie Cinderella Man. with. Oh, uh, remind Russell me Crow. of that. That rings a bell. What's, remind me about that. Uh, it's the story of a boxer back in the Great Depression era in the U.S. Um, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but Russell Crowe, I think, uh, was the, the actor. Um, and then I love any Marvel, any Marvel movie. Where, where do you lean? It's a hard question to ask, a card question to ask. Personally, I like the new Spider-Man movies. I think they're great because I like the humor in them and maybe Guardians of the Galaxy for a similar reason. Yeah, definitely. They, those, those movies tend to pull in some more humor than, than the other Marvel movies. Um, I, I'm a, I don't know. I always go back to like the originals. I love Iron Man, the very first one. Um, Thor is also a really good favorite of mine as well. Um, pretty much any, any Marvel movie, I'll sit down and watch over and over again. Uh, final question then. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home. Oh, that's a great answer. I love that. Simple and yeah, that's beautiful. Really good. Okay, Brandon, thank you so much. You've, you've given us so much information. Uh, I hope that uh, anyone who's listening who perhaps hasn't dipped their toe in the email marketing world uh, might do after listening to this. It might sort of make them think about, well, wow, this is actually a serious contender uh, for getting my message across to my clients. Um, and before you go go away, let, we need to have a quick plug for Aweber. So tell us briefly why it's so great, why you love working for them and, and how people can find out more. 
You can find out more at aweber.com. So one of the things I love about Aweber is that, um, and Paul and I were talking before we hit record, because um, he's an Aweber customer. But one of the things I love and Paul loves about it is the team and the, the level of support you get from the team. Um, we have a team of experts that are available 24-7 to help you with your email marketing and not just answer the technical questions, which we do, but more so, we're there to partner with you and to help you be successful with your email marketing. Customer service is such an important part of the journey for whatever thing you're doing, especially when it's something that is a little bit alien to you. And I'm pretty quick on picking up on stuff and learning stuff as I go along. Technology is not really a scary thing for me. but. Uh, I've always been very confident that Aweber is there to hold my hand if I need help and there's no stupid question and it's lovely to know that there's a human being on the other end that's not just pointing you to a blog page but can actually sit there and work it through with you if you need that kind of help so yeah that's uh, that's a real feather in your cap Brandon I appreciate that thank you this is the Big Little Business Show the podcast with bigger tips for small business One of the things that really surprised me here was it's not actually about the masses and sending thousands and thousands of emails out. It can equally work as well for uh, people that you're sending to of maybe, you know, tens or hundreds of people. But the main thing is, is that the people that you're sending the emails to have subscribed and are wanting to receive the information from you. So it's much more powerful to have a smaller amount of people that you send the emails to rather than tens and thousands who maybe are not going to respond or engage with the information that you're sending or indeed your services. Yeah, it's a bit like sort of having a shop, really. If you're going out on social media and posting things out there, you're shouting from the doorway out to the people who are walking past in the street. But if you're doing an email marketing campaign, like you say, people have already... Uh, opted in to receive that email so it's almost like they've walked in the shop and now you're talking to them in the shop rather than uh, shouting out to them on the street it makes sense because otherwise if you're sending it to people who don't want to see the information it can actually probably go the other way and I think it irritate people um, and then they're going to unsubscribe and then the moment has passed you've, you've severed your ties with that potential person oh that you made that sound so bitter I know, I do. It's sinister. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, it works like anything else. Uh, With social media, it only works if you're targeting the right people and you're speaking to the people who might potentially want to buy your product or service. And it's exactly the same with email marketing. Uh, While those people have already decided they want to receive your stuff, you've still got to send them the right stuff, otherwise you're going to lose them. And like you said, you don't need tens of thousands of people on your email list to make it work. It's about getting the right people rather than the amount of people that you have. Yeah, and speaking to them like you're talking to them as opposed to the masses was a really key point here. Yeah, and seriously, other email marketing platforms are available, uh, but I've been using Aweber for years uh, for various different campaigns. I've run uh, online courses through Aweber uh, and done lots and lots of work with them, and they are so helpful whenever you need help about setting up something new. Uh, they're great. So, yeah, go and check them out. Uh, and uh, actually, while we're on the subject, Claire, should we talk about our own newsletter? I think that makes sense. Perfect timing. So if you go on our <laughs> website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk, you can subscribe to our own mailing list. We'll only send you one email a week because we don't like bombarding you with stuff. Every Monday, we'll send you an email, let you know what we're up to during that week. 
when we're on Clubhouse, uh, some more information about the episode that's out that week, and maybe even some relevant back episodes too. And it's a good way for you to get in touch with us directly. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in the future, or a guest that you feel we should be speaking to, then you can get in touch with us via the newsletter too. You can also find us on Facebook too. Just search for The Big Little Business Show. Um, And also we invite you to become a member of our club, The Big Little Business Club, that you can find on Facebook also, where we'll be sharing all of the updates and episodes um, and news that we have from The Big Little Business Show. It's also a chance for you to connect with people that have been on the show in the past. So all our experts live on the group too. So if you want to get in touch with anyone that you listen to on the podcast, you can connect with all those people there. So if you want to find out a little bit more about the topic that we were discussing, that's the place to do it. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Big Little Business Show.